The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Wedge, part of the Early Edge universe. We are here every single week. Special start time this week because it is the 4th of July. Tip of the cap to all of our great Americans out there. Taylor in the chat says 4th of July in the Wedge. What a combo. Thanks to Coach and Sia for taking the time out of their day to provide the picks respect taylor thank you very much and thank you all of you who are in the chat if you could please hit that like button for me it really helps this little show that we call the early wedge grow up all right this week it is the john deere classic because of the movement in the schedule i think it really helps him let's go ahead and take a look at the odds courtesy of our friends over at caesar sportsbook look who is the betting favorites this week one denny mccarthy trending this spring and summer russell henley both at plus 1400 cam young in the field this week at plus 1600 and then you see several big names uh that are also in that 22 to 2500 range all right let's bring in the other star of the show because this week it's just me and my main man the counselor of cash seeing ajad and see, oh, an interesting background. Are we on the road this week, sir? Coach, we are live from the Louvre in Paris, France. I carved out a little area for me. I know a guy. I know a girl. They set me up. Got some really epic. I just saw Venus de Milo, Mona Lisa, and they put me in this room. I probably got 30 or 40 minutes only, Coach, uh, in the Louvre. But uh, I'm happy to spend it with you and with everybody in the chat. It's July 4th. I'm super excited. Nice hat, by the way. Thank you very much. This is my special Kansas City Royals 4th of July hat. By the way, we only need 30 minutes. You know we do everything different here in the early edge universe. We don't need an hour, hour and a half to talk. Who does that? Now, we also say this. (laughs) Did you like that? We also (laughs) say this, that if you watch us live, you might get a little bonus. See, would you perhaps have, I know it's a golf show, but a baseball pick perhaps right off the top? Uh, it's funny you should ask. This is a golf show, but I wasn't on the early edge this morning, and, and I listened to it, by the way, after the show. I wasn't, unfortunately, listening live. It was an awesome show, uh, really funny, engaging show, great picks, too. I love what Sniper did with his first five play, and I've got one for you, too. I know it's a golf show, but let's go Yankees, first five money line at minus 130. Uh, really like the pitching matchup here. I'm really fading Gibson more than I'm supporting Schmidt, but I like the Yankees' first five. I'm going to tweet that out. Maybe in a few minutes, maybe in the middle of the show for everybody else, because this is a 105 start. It starts in 60 minutes, literally. But I figured the early wedge crowd, maybe they should get first crack at it. So there you go. Yankees first five money line minus 130. Look at first five. See, always thinking about the crew at home and our number one nemesis buckets 
is in the chat as we speak on the 4th of July. <laughs> Zach says, Coach, is that a fireworks accident on your hand? No, you guys noticed that? I, w- I was golfing yesterday. And my tidy little 81, I got some blisters on my hand, so I got to take care of that. I'm I'm playing hurt today, Sia. I'm playing hurt. Wow. I know. Wow. See, I, you, you got to respect that. You're playing hurt on July 4th. That's the early edge in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. If you have any uh, golf uh, questions for buckets, I guess you could put them into the chat, and he will answer them in real time. But we got to jump into it. Storylines that could affect the betting lines today. Sia, where are we starting? We're going to start with, listen, this field, you mentioned it's Denny McCarthy at the top, and it's really interesting. That means it's a slightly watered-down field, right? You got Denny McCarthy, guys like Russell Henley, Henley, Cameron Young at the top, who hasn't been playing very well. Ludwig Aberg suddenly at the top. He was 55-1 to last week, and now he's you know, somewhere in that 18, 16-1 to range, 20-1. to So I think this is really an interesting tournament for somebody kind of small time, somebody maybe in the longer ranges to make a splash. That doesn't mean the shorter ranges at 30, 35 to 1, 40 to 1 aren't going to win this tournament or even shorter than that. But I do think this tournament caters to maybe a big story, maybe a lesser name grabbing the because, listen, it's a lesser tournament, but you're still getting the FedEx Cup points. You're still winning a ton of money. So this is a really big spot for a lot of golfers. So notwithstanding that we're on the precipice of the Scottish Open, the Open Championship, this is a really big deal to a lot of people. It's a big deal to me because every tournament's a big deal to me from a DFS and a betting standpoint. Should be to you as well. But I'm really interested to see who is here down the stretch on Sunday afternoon. And even though the the quote-unquote big names are not here, there are still a lot of really good names normally on the calendar every single year, but not this year because now the Scottish Open is an official part of the PGA Tour schedule. Normally, the John Deere is the week right before the Open Championship. So a lot of the players are already over there. Not the case, which I particularly like. So my storyline, see, it kind of backs up yours and takes yours a little further. I'm going to give you four names. Shane Lowry, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Billy Horschel. All four of those players are what, Sia? I'll give you one guess. They're outside of the FedEx Cup uh, point standings? Boom. That's exactly right. There are other names that are outside the top 125. You've got players that are major champions, that are former FedEx Cup champions that wouldn't even be in the playoffs if it started today because the PGA Tour schedule, we've been talking about it a lot, they have changed from 125 now to the top 70. And it's still three events, but you've got to play your way in, which is why Cam Young is here this week, is why JT and Colin Morikawa played last week. They want to not only make it in, but also finish as high as you can because of the staggered start at the Tour Championship. All the changes we're making, I think, are for the better because the fields are better. All right, let's get things started here. You guys know here at the early wedge and buckets, be careful. He's getting awful cocky there in the chat. Awful cocky. Uh, We do a little bit of everything here, including DFS. It's so – and how about – can can we just type into the chat – Thank you, Snake. How good do the new graphics look? Just write thank you, Snake, in there, everybody, please, because it's been amazing how the show is elevated from a production standpoint. So DFS, I need three that I can play, and I need a fade. Talk to me. Uh, By the way, shout out to Taylor DeHart, who clearly came to this show a few minutes late. That's okay. You're here now. But he's like, hey, see, can you sneak us a little 4th of July first five? I just gave that out. Fortunately, the chat is helping you out as well. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Be on time next time. All right. Well, listen, 
Here's, here's a few guys that are on time for me uh, for this particular tournament. Wow, this graphic really does look good. Eric right. Cole at 9,700. So listen, one thing about this course, it's going to be another sort of layup type course, another sort of birdie fest. We're, need, we're going to need to see guys go low. So I'm really focused on guys, especially in DFS, who from a scoring standpoint, from an opportunity standpoint, are really excelling. Eric Cole is one of those guys. He's been doing it for quite some time, took last week off. He's 9,700. I actually think you can start your DFS lineups with Eric Cole if that's what you want to do. Uh, from a scoring stat standpoint, he makes birdies. He does all those things. But one thing I did notice, if you look at Opportunities Plus, which if you look on Rick Gaiman's website, for example, he has an Opportunities Plus section. And that's when you drill it inside 10 feet. Green's in regulation, but you, you have it inside 10 feet. He's number one in that category. And number two is Steven Yeager at 8,800. So these guys are giving themselves the type of opportunities that we're looking for in a birdie fest. Absolutely love Steven Yeager as well at 8,800. Chez Reeve is my other guy under the radar, continues to be under the radar at 7,700. He's just the type of guy you don't need to be super long in this course. Being accurate helps, being hot with the putter helps, and being good on approach helps. Chez Reeve literally checks all three of those boxes. So I really like him at 7,700. Just so you know, one other guy I was considering in place of either Jaeger or Reeve, because I can only put three here, was Doug Gim at 8,000. So that's another guy. If you want to start your mm -hmm. lineup with these three guys and Doug Gim, who I really like uh, at 8,000, I think that's a bargain in this tournament, the way he's playing. And then my fade, I was on this guy last week. But at 10100 now I'm paying a premium, and that's yeah. what I don't want to do. This is a value conversation. Ludwig Aberg at 10100 listen, he might not even do well in this tournament because the approach play you know, was kind of off the last couple times out. But even if he does, I'm not paying 10100 when I can grab guys much less than I like just as much, if not more, and guys like Eric Cole, Steven Yeager, even like a Doug Gim, I think is comparable to Ludwig Aberg. And I say that knowing the following. Ludwig Aberg in a head-to-head -head matchup Tournament matchup against Doug Gim is only a minus 120 favorite. 10,100 Ludwig Aberg is only a minus 120 favorite on DraftKings against $8,000 Doug Gim. What does that tell you? It tells you one of two things. Doug Gim is really getting respected or Ludwig Aberg is not getting a lot of respect or a little bit or a lot of bit of both. So that's just from a contextual value standpoint. You have to keep those things in mind. What is the market doing? What is this price telling me? It's telling me I don't want to play Ludwig Aberg this week. Contextual value right now, Buckus has no idea what you just said, but I do. I do. And I may or may not have that exact matchup that you called for. Now, I will say this, that he's had three starts as a member of the PGA Tour, which he is because he finished number one in the PGA Tour University Velocity Global Rankings, where they now allow college players to come right out if you're high enough. Sam Bennett is also in that top five and come right out onto the PGA Tour. See, all three of his starts have been top 25s. But to your point, last weekend, I called the Rocket Mortgage. He was only one back starting the weekend and really couldn't get anything going over the course of the final 36 holes. That's what he needs to work on. But again, he's playing college tournaments. None of them are 72 holes. None of them are four days in a row. Go ahead. And for the record, I'm not even saying Aberg's going to lose that matchup. I don't know what your matchup is because we don't discuss our picks ahead of time. But I'm not even saying he's going to lose that matchup. What I am saying is that when you look at where he is on the DFS board sure. relative to where Doug Gibb is on the DFS board, it gives you an idea of whether or not Aberg is overvalued, not from a matchup standpoint against Doug Gim, but from a price standpoint on DraftKings. And so that's really where the analysis comes in from my faith. It's funny because I don't even know if those departments talk to each other. It's really weird if if DFS and the sports betting do, but leave it to you to figure it 
out. All right. Thank you all for typing in the chat. By the way, Zach says, I'm surprised Cole finally took a week off. What he's referring to is Eric Cole played like 13, 14 weeks in a row. The U.S. Open was that last week. He took last week off, so he should be fresh and a lot fresher than some of the players who went ahead and played the Rocket Mortgage Classic. All right, let's move on to a area of the show that is really, really where Sia shines. But before we get there, the first-round leader, I can tell you this, that he is primed and ready. So, Sia, I know that you've got several big-time matchups here in the first-round leader category. Give me the names that I can kind of sink my teeth into. So I give you these names with a caveat and that it might change. And the reason it might change is because this show is at 12, right? And mm -hmm. at 3 o'clock, we have tea times. At 12 o'clock, we don't. So good news. Um, if you're a sports line member, obviously, you're going to see my article that has most of these picks in it. You, you clearly want to watch the show and, and complement the show with the article because we provide a ton of information on this show. But I will say these first round leaders might be tweaked a little bit, depending on whether some of these guys have PM uh, tea times versus AMP times. So just something to keep in mind to tonight. I will actually have the finalized first round leaders. But these are the guys I'm looking at. Steven Yeager at plus forty five hundred. Eric Cole at plus forty five hundred. I just spoke about both of those guys. They can flat out score. Alex Smalley has been on a nice little roll when you look at the metrics, especially from a ball striking standpoint. I think he's a valid first round leader at 55 to one. And then Doug Gim discussed him. He's really picked it up with the putter. I think that's the important thing. Doug Gim has traditionally been a great ball striker. He tailed off a little bit over the last 12 months, but the ball striking is back and it looks like the putter has really evened out where he's a zero putter, if not a positive putter, more often than not, at least lately. So I think Doug Gim at 65 to 1 has a lot of first round leader potential. And then Shez Reeby, we talked about him at 65 to 1. All this guy does is leave it in the fairway, dialed in on approach, and can really get hot with the putter. And I think that's something that's really being unrecognized with Shez Reeby. I think people are recognizing, yeah, he's a plotter. He puts it in the fairway and he's pretty good on approach, but he actually is putting the whole game together. So I like Shez Reeby at 65 to 1. Yeah, Ches Revy, a top five at the Travelers, a top 30 uh, last week at the Rocket Mortgage. So he is certainly trending in the right direction. Um, Ezra wants to know, Coach C, if you have time, can you explain how strokes gained are measured? Ezra, not today because that takes some time. But what we are thinking about doing is doing educational videos that we will then post on our YouTube page for all of that kind of stuff. So it, it's, it just takes too much time right now, but we'll, we will do that for you at some point. Uh, all right. So mine very quickly, Russell Henley, he just is a guy that historically starts fast. If he's going to play well in a tournament, he plays well in the first round. So I like him at plus 3,500. And then all the reasons that Sia already said about Eric Cole, this guy, it took him a long time. He's not a 21 year old kid. It took him several years to get to the PGA tour. So he's made very clear that I'm going to utilize this time and I'm going to play every single week. So he's in form and he's playing. So I like also as Sierra does at plus 4,500. All right. We got to pay those pesky little bills. I mean, Sia is expensive. All these big vacations that he's going on. He's got to pay for those. Let's hear from one of our incredible partners. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Did you notice I said partner? Because I feel like the early edge and CBS Sports HQ are one because we're taking over every day. Today, the Maestro's on. Zach Attack is on today. We always tell you on the morning show at 10 a.m. Eastern time where all of our crew members are going to be on CBS Sports HQ. So check us out there every single day. All right. If you watch the early wedge every week, then you know that what we consider our bread and butter, where you're going to make your money. It's not sexy. It's not necessarily the funnest thing to do, but damn it, you only got to beat one other player. So see ya. Let's start with you. Who do you like this week in a head-to-head? We're going to start with a familiar name, Steven Yeager, minus 120 over Patrick Rogers. Again, Steven Yeager, I just want to touch on this one more time. He's top 10 weighted tee to green. Uh, Weighted, by the way, is really important to that strokes gained question because the one generality I will mention about the the strokes gained question is that you are measured up against the guys you are going against. So in some of the lesser tournaments, your strokes gained might look better than it actually is because some of the big-time players aren't in there. Well, weighted strokes gained is actually really going to help you understand how good that round was if the if the field was a little bit more had a little bit more talent in it so weighted t to green steven yeager is top 10 he's first in opportunities plus he's top 10 weighted total strokes and he makes birdies patrick rogers just really hasn't been that guy i mean listen he's good off the tee he can be really shaky on approach he can be great with the putter but he's been really inconsistent as of late and steven yeager has largely been consistent so i like him minus 120 over patrick rogers michael kim over sam stevens this comes down to the putter to some degree as well because Sam Stevens' ball striking is really good, but his putter is horrific. And in a birdie fest, I just don't want to lean on a guy. It's it's okay to lean on a guy who has a bad putter, but it's not okay to lean on a guy at this tournament with a really bad putter. I don't expect him to just find the putter for four rounds. One round, maybe. You want to take him as a first-round leader in showdown? Be my guest. Sam Stevens is a good player. But I'm going to take Michael Kim, who's been a little inconsistent on approach lately, but has won here before. And if you go back the last seven or eight tournaments, Michael Kim's actually been pretty good. So plus 100, I think, is a good number over Sam Stevens. And then my final one, Alex Smalley, minus 110 over Seamus Power. Seamus Power just hasn't been that guy. He's very good with the putter. And he's much better with the putter than Alex Smalley. So he definitely has a big edge there. But he's been so inconsistent with the ball striking, whereas Alex Smalley has really excelled with the ball striking. So again, normally I don't want to be on a guy who has the lesser putter. But he outweighs Seamus so much in the ball striking department as of late that I'm willing to take this at minus 110. Did you see my little back and forth with Michael Kim on Twitter? I did. ago? Yeah, he didn't like my comment very, very much. But then again, apparently he doesn't like his own brand because he was cool with somebody calling him Nick Hardy all day long. Then when I corrected him, well, the dozens of Michael Kim fans out there, they came after me. They came (laughs) after me. Uh, I'm going to go with five here, see ya. Uh, Ludwig Aberg over Doug Kim. You just talked about it. You did my work for me. Mm-hmm. This guy, he played with Luke Donald. I thought it was pretty cool last week. He played with Luke Donald, who just happens to be the European Ryder Cup captain. And you normally never, 
ever see a player come out of college and be seriously in the conversation about being on the European Ryder Cup team. But that's where this dude finds himself. If you haven't seen him, I like to call him the prototype 1B because that's what I call Cam Davis. He is tall. He's lanky. Luke Donald said this guy's going to be a superstar. Pretty good from your Ryder Cup captain, isn't it? So I'll take Aberg. I'm only laying 20 cents. I promise you a year from now, you won't see a head-to-head matchup against anybody other than John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, or anything like that at minus 120, maybe even plus 120. Then Steven Yeager over Patrick Rogers. Are obviously, me and C are, are the same boat on that. Taylor Moore, he was our 36-hole leader last week, kind of stumbled on Sunday, but still had a really good high finish. He had several missed cuts before that, but he says, I'm finding something. I'm playing better than my stats indicate, so I'll take that over a Keith Mitchell who hasn't been striking it well. And as we know, Sia, if Keith Mitchell's not hitting his irons well, he's not scoring. So I'll take Taylor Moore minus 129. Chez over Ryan Palmer. These are two guys that are in two different ends of the spectrum. Chez Revy is in what I like to call the gray area. He's 90th in the race for the FedEx Cup. So he's not in danger of losing his tour card, but getting into the playoffs, he needs a big week. He's motivated. He's playing well. Ryan Palmer is not. He's outside the top 130 in the race for the FedEx Cup. And then finally, this one is more of a gutsia for me. Adam Hadwin, he lost in that three-way playoff uh, Sunday when Ricky Fowler, I mean, birding 18 when he had to, then birdies the first playoff hole when he had to. And Cam Young, he is a FedEx Cup casualty, meaning after the year he had last year, this year he's really scaled off. So he's got to show up places that maybe we didn't think he was going to show up. The John Deere Classic is one of those. I'll take Adam Hadwin, who's playing much, much better. Did you know that Adam Hadwin is 14 spots above Cam Young in the ranking? See, would that surprise you? Actually, yeah, a little bit, but now that I give it some thought, it, it doesn't because Cameron Young's just been pretty bad for, I guess, five, six months at this point. Yeah, he hasn't been hitting it well at all. He's kind of like a decky that because of his golf swing and the delay that when you're not matched up coming down, it can make you look much worse than what it really is. And both of those guys have had great weeks and not so good weeks. So I like Adam Hadwin uh, over Cam Young. All right. Coming up next, these are ones that we tell you to to maybe scale it back just a little bit, decide what your unit size is going to be, then kind of split it up, but not full units here because you can have a top 20 yanked away from you by a 75 on Sunday. It happens all the time. See where are we going this week? It's funny you say that. I'm really glad you said that because I didn't do well in this in this part of the show last week. I, I did well in the head-to-heads. You know, our bread and butter, I, I hit two out of three. I wish it was three out of three. Tom Kim was the loser there. But these are tough in these birdie fests with not a lot of talent at the top. You can have guys like Carson Young, for example, where I have him as a top 40 here at plus 110. I had, I had him top 40. All my, all my finishing positions were plus money plays like this. But I had him at top 40, and he was top 40 the entire tournament. And on Sunday, he just kind of wilted a little bit and ended up like 50th or whatever it was, 47th. So these are the type of things in these birdie fests, like some kind of no-name guys can kind of creep up there. So definitely exercise caution in these easier Mm -hmm. type of tournaments. Um, But I mentioned Carson Young at plus 110. He's still playing really well, and he can get really hot with the putter. So I like him in this field, top 40 at plus money. And then at minus money, which I don't normally do, this is top 30, okay? Not top 20, not top 40. Uh, DraftKings has top 30. Other big outfits have top 30 as well. Emiliano Grillo at minus 110. I think you could, even if you don't have the top 30, I think if you want to, 
You could take Grillo uh, minus, or I should say, at a plus number in the top 20 market because I do think he's going to have a really good tournament. Speaking of guys who have turned the putter around, I mentioned it about Doug Gim. Grillo has really found something with the putter to, to a much larger extent than Doug Gim has. So I think he, he has a chance to compete and win this tournament, frankly. And then Chez Reavy, top 30 at plus 125. That's probably my favorite of the three. I like all three for sure, but I really like how Chez Reavy has been playing, particularly on approach and with the putter. Plus 125, I like that. Clearly, we love Chess Reavy because we have a top 10, we have a top 20, and we have a top 30. So whatever you feel comfortable with, I think Ches Reavy, this is going to be a big, big week for him. By the way, Sia, you and I, everybody knows we're hashtag next level cappers. There's very few of us in that, right? And as little respect as I have for buckets, that's how much respect I have for Berg Betts. So much more. And he's in the chat right now. So if you have any question for Berg Betts, throw him into the chat. He can do anything, but right now he's all over baseball. So ask him any questions and he will answer them in real time. I love it when fans of other sports come to the early wedge. That's pretty cool that they come and mm -hmm. Ray said, well, I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm still watching. I'm still watching. Joshua says so many notes. My pen is running out. Keep them coming. Love all of these. I've got my paper and pencil going too. I take notes as I'm doing the damn show. That's how good C is. All right. Berg says, thanks coach. No, Berg, thank you. July 4th. And you're taking the time out to work with us. Hashtag the crew. We're everywhere. All right. <clears throat> So quickly, Adam Schenk, if you guys don't know about this dude, well, he's inside the top 30 in the race for the FedEx Cup. He had a great Sunday. I believe it was a top eight finish, if my memory uh, serves me correct. He's a brand new dad. And for some reason, Sia, when these dudes have their babies, they're hmm. playing better. John Rom wins after he has his two kids. Adam Schenk playing well after he has a kid. Ricky Fowler. Oh, what was he holding? As he was standing on the 18th green, his new little kid. So maybe there's something to that. Get no sleep, play good golf. And then I like Ludwig Aberg as a top 10 for plus 140. Now, I just liked how this kid plays. And I think at some point, and this was the nugget that I'm leaning into, Sia. Can you tell me, out of the last 11 champions at the John Deere Classic, how many are first-time winners? I would say out of the last 11, mm -hmm. all 11. No, uh, eight out of 11. Close. Five mm -hmm. out of 11. But who can forget Jordan Spieth holding out from the bunker, forcing a playoff, did not even have a passport. They had to call Washington, D.C. for him to get to go to the Open Championship because he wasn't planning on going. <laughs> Remember, Bryson got his first win at this event. So this feeds right into the narrative yeah. of Aberg stepping up and potentially getting his first win this week. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. Now, before we get to the really fun part of the show, you know, we got to pay those pesky little bills. Not once because we've grown. We're so big. But twice. Here's a word from one of our incredible partners. I just got a text to you. And I'm going to give you one guess on who it came from. Coach, today your hosting is about a six. That's got to be buckets. It's at least a seven. It's rude. Sorry, I'm feeling myself because I hosted a few shows in a <laughs> Apparently row. Apparently you are. Yeah. Apparently you are. <laughs> All right. This is the time of the show where we try to handicap. And somebody last week on a little CBS Sports HQ correctly handicapped Ricky Fowler getting it done at plus 1,400. 
I have a feeling one of us is going to do it again this week. So, see Najat, who do you like to raise the trophy on Sunday afternoon? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start with a name you've heard before, a flat-out score that has really actually been good down the stretch of tournaments. We're going to go with Eric Cole at plus 3,500, and then we're going to go with Steven Yeager at plus 3,500. These guys can score. I, like, I'm surprised their numbers are the same. I would think Steven Yeager would be a little bit longer. Uh, with that said, I think both of these guys are live to win, which is why when you go back to DFS, it's why I don't mind starting my lineups in the 9K range. Listen, I like Russell Henley a lot. I like Denny McCarthy a lot, but you don't necessarily, in, in a tournament like this, have to start there. So I like Eric Cole and Steven Yeager at plus 3,500. Chez Revy, we've talked about probably way too much at this point. 50 to 1, I think, is a <laughs> solid number for Chez Revy. Hopefully he is in contention on Sunday and can close the deal because it's the putter that goes a long way with him. And I think if he's there on Sunday, if he's relevant on Sunday, I think he can close the deal with that putter specifically. And then, of course, Doug Gam. I think the market is really respecting Doug Gam, at least in the head-to-head matchup department. At 65-1, to 1, he's not a guy that we think of as a winner. But again, this is a different type of tournament. And the way his trajectory is trending, in other words, the way the ball striking is actually meeting up with the putter, which has historically been really bad, I think 65-1 to 1 is a good enough number to speculate about. By the way, last week, Doug Gim came out of the shoot at the Rocket Mortgage, and he was five under through five holes to start his tournament. He backed up a little bit, but mm-hmm. the point is, he's a fast starter. And if he can learn how to finish, perhaps at plus 6,500, we can cash that ticket. By the way, I did not know this, Sia. Berg Betts tells me, I tune in a lot, Coach. I don't know if you knew this. I also work on Oakmont's grounds crew. Wow. Oakmont, one of the legendary golf courses in America. Did not know that. Oh, we're going to start using Berg bets in our little golf world as we're going to expand. We're not getting any smaller. That's for damn sure. We're only getting bigger. So get out of our way. Xavier says, P.S. I love you guys. Love Sia feeling himself. <laughs> we used to say that about other people here, too. And they're no longer here. Uh, but Sia, you're safe. All right. So I'll make mine quick. Denny McCarthy has been trending. He should have won the Memorial and did not. But at plus 1,400, I thought, see, there'd be a little bit of synergy between last week and this week. So I threw him in because I really think he's going to have a a good week. And he used to be known, and he hates this, by the way. He says, I'm way more than this as the best putter on the PGA Tour. So, yes, he's a great putter, but he's a great ball striker. And if you can contend at the Memorial, you damn sure can do it at the John Deere Classic. Then Ludwig Aberg, I'm not going to be the one that misses the party. After 18 months of Colin Morikawa, when he came out of college, if you would have bet $100 on every single one of his starts for 18 months, you would have been up over $11,000. I feel like Aberg could be that same type of player. I really, really do. And then Adam Shank last week, he was in contention all the way through Sunday. He was in contention at the Valspar. His game is trending at a plus 2,800, Sia. I really feel like that's a good number for a guy in this kind of field. Can I can I just add on to that a little bit? Because Adam Shank rates out really, really well. Any metric you want to look at, whether it's opportunities or birdies or, or weighted total strokes, all of those things. What's really funny is lately I haven't really been looking at course history that much, maybe a glance. But in this particular tournament, I saw no reason to look at course history. And your stat about first-time winners really spells that out. But what's interesting about Shank is that when I did glance at history, I noticed that two and three years ago, when nobody even knew who Adam Shank was, 
he was fourth and sixth in this very tournament. So usually like I'll, I'll, you know, history at a tournament like this, a birdie fest, I'm not really, you know, going to take a look at it. But when I see guys like Adam Shank, who are rating out really well and happen to finish sixth or better the last two times they were here, that really kind of speaks to me. Grillo's another guy who was the runner up last year who, who, you know, if you're finishing top five or top six, I think that that's something to at least wait a little bit re relative to like a 27th or a 35th place finish. And Shank looks really good. He was one, he was one guy I was looking at as well. Yeah, he is really good. He's a cool cat. Uh, I had a little back and forth with his wife on Twitter. I did not know she was pregnant. And she said she was laying around at one o'clock in the afternoon in her pajamas. So I said, a little lazy, don't we think? Oh, yeah, she crushed your boy. <laughs> You'd be allowed to sit around at anything you want. She was laughing. She was a very, very nice lady. And uh, congratulations to them. And maybe this will be the week for Adam Shake. Incredible nuggets there by Sia to back up my top 10 play, I believe, is what I have. I love Shank. I love Reevee. We love all the plays this week that we have. All right, one final segment of the show. And this is where we can throw in a little bit of everything. We call this a long shot. I cannot get over how good these graphics look. And anything can be in here, whatever we want to throw in here. So, Sia, what are you going with in the long shot section? So normally I have a couple things here. I have a long shot outright and I have a long shot first round leader, but I didn't want to put the first round leader in there, just not knowing the tee time. So you can stay tuned for that. Maybe I'll break it on the early edge tomorrow morning, coach, but it certainly will also be in the sports line article. But my long shot winner is a guy that was T4 last week and who, for the record, it wasn't like a fraudulent T4. It's not like he gained a ton with the putter and was terrible with the approach. He actually gained across all metrics and it's Peter Quest. Uh, has anybody made the uh, tribe called quest reference yet? If not, <laughs> not I'll yet. go ahead and I'll go ahead and throw that one down. But Peter quest at a hundred to one in this field, knowing that he was T4 last week, but also has made three cuts in a row and was top 15 at the Byron Nelson, which wasn't that long ago. I just think this is the type of guy kind of in that Ludwig Aberg mold. I'm not saying he's the player Aberg is. I'm saying in, in sort of like an unknown commodity type way. I think quest is, is a guy that, could be top three, could be top five, could win a tournament like this with a watered down field at the top and, and 100 to one. I, I just it, it's just so hard for me not to speculate on that, given what I've seen so far. A small sample size isn't a non-existent sample size. So I'm willing, especially at 100 to one, to speculate on those small sample sizes. I was going to put Peter Quest to follow up on him. If people weren't paying attention last week, he was he shared the 18 hole lead at eight under par. And to see his point. He then put – he played 12 under over the course of the last 54 holes. And when you have no status and you're trying to make it in the golf world, normally what happens is as the pressure gets higher, usually players like this see a fall off. He didn't do that. He got better. He started eagling holes on the back nine. He had a strong finish to get to a T4. He made nearly $400,000 last week, and now he's in position – for special temporary membership on the PGA Tour, which Sia, in my opinion, takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. So we'll allow him to play better this week. I love this play. And by the way, his top five numbers plus 2,000. So wow. that's something to look at. And his Absolutely. top 10 numbers plus 900. So some right. really good value there. I'd, I'd so, play those. Yeah, and so far what we've seen, again, small sample size, is that the putter can get hot. And that's exactly what we want at a tournament like this. 100%. Because it's also always really, really hot at the John Deere Classic. Right in the middle of the country. It is July. No trees. Let's get it. All right. One other. Lucas Glover at plus 5,500. 
people always sleep on him. They never pay attention to him. And then every now and then he pops up. I'm not saying he's going to win. But last week over the weekend, he was a birdie machine. If he can take that game to the first 36 holes this week and then play the weekend, he could be there at the end of the weekend very, very easily. So keep an eye on Lucas Glover. As Sia said, over the course of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we will put out plays on the early edge, but also on our social media that we always seem to do. All right, you know we like to end every single show asking my crew, hey, what's the number one thing they're most looking forward to this week at the John Deere Classic? Use this information for this week or into the future. See ya. What do you got? I think the PGA Tour right now and even next year when when they sort of reintegrate with, with Liv, I, I think it's ripe for some of these young stars to really make a name for themselves. And, and I think this is the type of tournament. I'm sorry I keep saying that phrase, but it's a it's a tournament that's without Rory McIlroy, without John Rahm, without Scotty Sheffield, without Patrick Cantley, without Xander Shoffley. The list goes on and on. I think it's time for one of these guys who we don't know well enough to make a charge. Maybe that's not Peter Quest at 101, but maybe it's Eric Cole. Maybe it's Steven Yeager. Maybe it's Lucas Glover just coming out of nowhere, you know, coming out of retirement almost. I say that figuratively to, to splash upon the scene. So I'm just really curious how this tournament looks on Sunday. I do think it's a it's a really interesting betting opportunity and DFS opportunity because you can get kind of weird. And I do think it's a good live betting opportunity too because I think some of these guys can come from the pack and have a seven or eight under day, a six or seven under day, and really kind of, you know, on Thursday, maybe they're T30, and then on Friday, maybe they're, they're T9, and then they make their hay from there. So just something to consider. But I'm really hoping that we get a name that's really been on the cusp. I think Denny McCarthy would be a really good winner. I think Eric Cole would be a good winner. I can't wait to see who's actually holding the trophy this week. I got great betting advice from Brendan Steele a few years ago, and he said, I don't know why player people – bet on so many different players every single week, and they go all the way over here. He says, find three or four that are trending, that are playing well, and feed into them. You're not going to win every single play, but you're going to win more than you lose. So to see his point, look at players that have been playing well. Look at Keegan Bradley winning at the Travelers. He'd been playing well all season. Not every week, but all season. Look at a guy like Ches Reavy. Look at a guy like Denny McCarthy. These are names that are trending, and it's not a secret why they're showing up every single week Top 10, top 20, top 30. So really do your homework. We'll give you a lot of information right here on the Early Wedge. But do a little bit of homework. Look at leaderboards. Look at a few things to help you make the decisions for yourself. All right. Thank you all for taking the time out on a July 4th when I know you got to have a million things to do. Head to the beach, spend time with your family, have some hot dogs, insult buckets, whatever makes you feel good. That's what we want you to do. But, man, we love it when you come here with us. So with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these early wedge John Deere tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, Lobo, Cena John, the counselor of cash. My man, Snake. Oh, my goodness. He and A.B. doing the work to take this show from here to here. We're not stopping. We want to be great. We want to be the number one show, not just in the United States, the world. This morning, we had people from Australia tuning in at midnight to get their picks. We're growing, and we're growing fast. Oh, we grind for you so we can win with you. 
I screwed that up, but it doesn't matter because we're cashing tickets right here on the early wedge. Good luck.